It's been one year, Kamna. One whole year. I cannot believe it. It's been amazing. Honestly, amazing. And I will say thank God for Spotify for podcasters. I know, seriously, right? They made it so easy for us. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place. And it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters. And here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. Say that three times fast, Leah. Yeah, I don't think I could. But best best of of all, all, yeah, it's free. Yeah, totally free. Free. I love it. And well, you do all the work. I've said that many times. So I but I love that they they are user friendly for me when I do have to tinker with it. Well, I was not a techie person and I figured out how to do this. So I highly recommend anyone can give it a try who wants to start a podcast. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. We are so curious about why we are the way we are. Are you? We ask the questions that we all wonder about. What makes us tick? What makes us stuck? What gets in our way? And the biggest question of all is how this is connected to our weight and our health. In the process, we are learning that we are not alone. We make a call to action every week to explore possible solutions, and we ask that you make one also. Join me, Leah, wellness coach. And me, Kamna, health coach. As we ask, wait, wait, what? what? Hi, Leah. Hi, Kamna. So would you be so kind and do the honors of introducing our special guest today? Oh, good, good, good. I can't wait. Okay, so Paul, we have with us today, Paula, and I don't know how to say your last name, so go ahead, say it. Engabretson. Anga Bretson. I would have, I would have messed it up. So, all right. No problem. Let me tell everybody how I found Paula. We were preparing for our retreat. We have a couple of year and the retreat was all about goal setting. And I stumbled upon your goal pyramid and I just fell in love with it, with it. And then from that rabbit hole, I found your podcast. And from that rabbit hole, I found a million more of your podcasts. And I was like, you guys, Kamna, we have to get her on. I told everybody at the retreat, I said, my whole goal is to get her on the podcast. And I, it's here. You made one of my podcast dreams come true. I'm so excited to meet you. You made your goal happen. I'm delighted to be here. <laughs> oh, so good. And I will tell you, I did, I did use your pyramid in our thing, but I totally told everybody to check you out and I didn't steal oh, it. So fun. I said, Go check her out. She's great. Um, You're so the best. Thank you. I really want to start with because once you started talking about ADHD and ADD, I went, I know people that I'm pretty sure have it. So what is it? Yeah. So ADHD is, it's a neurodevelopmental disorder um, that impacts roughly 5% of people. So every 20 people, there's at least one of us in the group (laughs) who have this. Um, 
and it impacts everybody. So it, it shows up generally when you're a child, that's when people tend to get diagnosed at first. Uh, but it's, there's many people starting to get diagnosed later in life who may have been overlooked, that sort of thing. Um, but when you, when you have ADHD, uh, your, your executive functions are really impacted and the executive functions are housed primarily in the, the prefrontal cortex, like the front part of your brain, right behind What's your eyes. executive function? Yeah. So uh, you can talk about them in a lot of different ways. I tend to categorize them in six categories. So they are, they're, they're essentially the key to successful adulting, but it's things like focus and attention, your ability to organize stuff, your ability to manage your time, uh, cognitive flexibility, which is like transitions when I was listening to your disruption episode, like your ability to transition or change routine, that sort of thing. Uh, emotional regulation. So uh, feeling, we feel real big emotions. You know, we can get quick to frustration, but also quick to joy and delight. Like we just feel our emotions real big and then impulse control. So all of these can be impacted and I can talk about them further if you want, but generally uh, these are all impacted when you have ADHD, which makes it harder to stay focused or manage your time or get yourself organized, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, I would love to know a little bit more, maybe in a nutshell about your background and how you got here and how you found out you have ADHD. Yeah. So, um, so now I'm, I am an ADHD coach. I, I work with fellow ADHD brains, but before that I had a career in academia. So I was a musicology professor. I taught courses oh. on protest music and history of rock and roll and film music and that kind of thing. Um, and there were parts of this that I loved. I loved working with really passionate undergrads and grad students and that sort of thing. And there were parts that I did not so much love, like, you know, the, the administrative things and mm -hmm. grading papers and the research, getting my book published, all of that. And, um, there were these challenges that like, I just didn't think my other colleagues seemed to navigate as much. I was always working 10 times as hard to do all of these extra things. And there was this nagging voice in my mind always that's like, well, I guess I'm just not as smart as everyone, right? Like my brain must just be not working as well. I'm just kind of fooling them by working extra hard so I can catch up. And um, then I, it was 2016, 2017, and I took a workshop through academic services on how to support students with learning differences. And they started talking about ADHD. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. All of that there on the screen. That is my life in a story <laughs> on a PowerPoint slide. Yeah. And um, wow. Kind of, yeah, it kind of turned my world upside down in yeah. a good way. Oh, uh, scared or freaked out or nervous. There were definitely like big emotions that came up <laughs> yeah. uh, per an ADHD response. But it was more relief and finally feeling seen and validated. Yes. Like once I started diving in, again, in true ADHD fashion, I was like down the rabbit hole, you know, just doing all the research I possibly could on all the things ADHD related. Cause we tend to find something that we're excited about and go all the way down the rabbit hole. And the more I learned about ADHD in adults and particularly in women, the more validated I felt. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm not broken. And I'm also not stupid. It just, my brain just works differently. It, 
you know, I need glasses to see. It turns out I need some different structures to support my brain. There's nothing wrong there. I just need some different support. I love that so much. It actually gave me goosebumps. I know. Great analogy. And you said different strategies. Is that what you said? Right. Yeah. Different strategies, different supports. Um, Dr. Russell Barkley, who's a big uh, figure in the ADHD space. He talks about it as scaffolding. So just as, you know, you walk through New York, they have all the scaffolding on the buildings and stuff to hold it up. We need that too. An ADHD brain needs some extra scaffolding to help us, you know, stay on top of our things for work. You know, we need some extra routines. We need some extra supports to help us follow through on the things that we want to get done. So the question I had when I was listening to your podcast, which is called I'm busy being awesome. People really need to listen to this. But the question I had was if I'm a person and I, my conversations tend to like, as I was saying to, before we got on a pinball around, like I'll say, Oh, I'm sorry. I have another thing to say. Or if I get distracted or if I go down a rabbit hole, how do I know that either I have it or I'm like, it's an, how do you know what's the difference between an average person or someone who actually has this? I don't yeah. know. That's not the right way to say it, but you know what I no, mean? No, that's a really good question. And it's, it's a, it's a challenging one to answer. So definitely if you were wondering this, or if any of your listeners, right, if anybody's wondering this, um, what I would first do is do a little bit more reading into ADHD and seeing what the common symptoms are. Because if you find that, you know what, I really do struggle with focus. Maybe I'll give some, just some like uh, examples of of how it might be showing up. Right. So let's, so I talked about these six executive functions, right? Focus and attention is one of them. So this might look like um, you are, you're, you're struggling to stay focused on a conversation, or you might have a difficulty paying attention to detail quite often. So for example, Two weeks ago, I was going to make this or whenever the 4th of July was, I don't know. Time is weird. Uh, but I was going to make a, this um, angel food cake with like sprinkles in it and stuff. And I was so excited to make this. And then I put in two egg whites instead of two cups of egg whites. And it turns out the cake doesn't work when you do it that way. And I just overlooked that detail. <laughs> like didn't pay attention to the detail did two egg whites instead of two cups of egg whites. So difficulty following instruction, um, attention to detail, easily distracted. You might have a hard time completing tasks because um, you're distracted by something else, right? Mm -hmm. So you might have a lot of a trail of unfinished projects and that sort of thing. Um, So that's what focus and attention might look like. Then we have organization of space of things. So this is more typical of like, what does your closet look like? Can you see your desktop, um, the back of your car? Sometimes it shows up as like piles of papers at stacks of mail on your, your island or whatever. ADHD years tend to organize in piles. So you have your, your piles everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Both Leah and I are like, I think we know somebody like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we initially, I mean, again, at least yeah. 5%. Probably you do know a couple of people probably, like that. And, and I would, I'm just, again, here's me pinballing. It's probably even more. Oh, I for sure think that's true. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it. Without and, a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, was, what was her, I forgot even what your original question is. Cause I was so into what you're saying already. Oh yeah. So how we would know, oh, right? Yeah. Like, sure. yeah. So the, 
the third category is time management. So kind of our organization of time planning. We have a hard time you know, managing our time generally. So we, we navigate something called time blindness. Um, I mentioned Russell Barkley. He talks about time is either now or not now for an ADHD brain. It's just now or not now. It, there's no like in a couple of weeks. I don't know what that means. That's the episode that I was telling Kamina about before we started. I said, I listened to that one right after the goal pyramid. And I was like, oh my God, I I just, yeah. Yes. So it's very hard for us to plan how long things take. You know, I I will write down a to-do list. I genuinely think I can finish it. It's probably six months worth of work that I wrote down in an eight hour period, convinced I can get it done. Um, So that's kind of the time management space, showing up late, running late, that kind of thing too. Um, the fourth category is cognitive flexibility. Again, this is one that I think of with when you're talking about the disruption podcast episode that you did. So this is our ability to shift and go with the flow when, when we're in, um, like if somebody comes in and throws off our routine, if we have a morning routine that we're following and then something changes and we're like, ah, and you, you like can't function anymore because it's so uncomfortable that your routine gets thrown off. Yeah. Um, it can be transition starting and stopping things. So like if I'm scrolling and then I know I need to go write my podcast episode, that transition, like that's when procrastination comes up because like we can't seem to get started into the thing of shifting into the work. Um, it can be just changes. Like if I had a plan and somebody comes and changes that plan, that can be very hard for a brain to adjust. Now, if it's my idea to change the plan, then it's not a problem. But if somebody else comes and changes it. Okay. So I need to ask you a question and I'm sorry to interrupt Mm -hmm. you, but like I'm resonating with so much of what you're saying. I identify with this. How do I know that I have ADHD versus like just being weird Kamna? Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) what I would do is first of all, ask yourself, are these things uh, impacting you in a negative way, right? Are they holding you back? Are they impacting you? Like the, the next category is emotional regulation. Are the, are you having more challenging relationship dynamics, right? Are, or is the time management keeping you from getting to work on time? Is, are you having a hard time meeting deadlines at work? Um, when you are having conversations with people you love, can you stay focused on them? Are they getting frustrated because you you can't remember all the things ever, right? Instead of just sometimes because we're all human. Right. Like, mm-hmm. are these things showing up and really impacting you? And if yes, then what I would do is I would go talk to um, either your primary care, your therapist, if you, if you have one, um, a, a psychiatrist. And what I would say to anybody listening or to you, if you are resonating with this, look for somebody who knows about adult ADHD. Okay. Okay. There's been so much new research, new information coming out about this, especially in women over the last couple of years. And it's a lot for people to have to keep up with um, when there's so much other stuff to be aware of too, in the mental health space. Um, Mm -hmm. So just do yourself a favor and look for somebody who does at least note that they're familiar with and understand adult ADHD. Um, because you can also get pushback from people of like, but nobody who's an adult has ADHD. That's just for little boys who can't sit still in their chairs. And it's, I mean, that's just not true. Um, but there hasn't been a lot of information on it, you know, in what's the biggest, 
uh, stigma or like impression that people have that's wrong about ADHD? Oh, mm. good question. So I think there's probably, there's two that are coming up for me. One is that it's just for 11 year old boys, mm -hmm. right? And that they, it's just the kids who can't still, still in class and get in trouble all the time. Yes, that's one category, but it's actually many. And that's why many little girls are overlooked traditionally, because we tend to be inattentive type as opposed to the hyperactive type. So we're a teacher's dream. We're just looking outside the window, doodling mm -hmm. or whatever. And, and then we're overlooked because yes, we might not be doing very well in class, or we might be because we're trying so hard to keep up and like, we're judged by our achievement, but so we put all of our efforts there, but we're not the one causing trouble. We're not the ones who, mm. where the teacher needs to give all the attention. And then that's the one, like the little boys are the ones who get help because they're the hyperactive ones disrupting the classroom. Um, that would be one area. The other, I think biggest big misconception is that it's only focus and time it's is and you know that kind of thing is the problem is the challenge with ADHD and I would say some of the biggest obstacles have to do with emotional regulation and cognitive flexibility because these things can really de derail us right our we literally feel our emotions bigger in our body we experience them bigger we um which means we react to them more often. And it can really impact relationships uh, on many different levels. Same with the, the cognitive flexibility, being able to be flexible and transition. This is also, it's also black and white thinking. It's per where per perfectionism comes in and it can really keep us from doing our work, turning it in. It's never good enough. There's a lot of beating yourself up. That stuff is really the painful, damaging stuff that I think is not talked about enough. And do you think it looks different for men and for women? I do. I think that for women, it tends to be a lot more internalized. It like, so the hyperactivity in a man might be like, he's, you know, fidgeting and he's jumping. Right. People, people can't see me. I'm like moving around in my chair a lot. <laughs> yeah. listening to the episode. <laughs> um, I forget about that, but yeah. So it, men, again, this is traditional. There are definitely inattentive type men as well. Right. Um, but for women, the hyperactivity tends to be turned inward and it's a lot of ruminating thoughts. It'll present as anxiety. And so we might be, I was first diagnosed with anxiety and depression. This is often the story for many women, but really it's untreated ADHD because we have to be super anxious to be able to keep all our, the things in our life under control because we're struggling so wow. hard that our executive functions aren't working properly. Mm -hmm. And so we're overcompensating and anxiety is driving us. You're just blowing my mind today. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's just blowing my mind. I feel like a lot of people will really be able to relate to what you're saying. And even if they're not officially diagnosed with this, but even in a, in a general sense, it's important to realize that some of these things are just pressure internally and maybe uh, physiologically that you just have this pressure that you need to manage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to um, shift a little bit in terms of, so our podcast is mainly exploring basically why we end up the way we are and why that tends to lead to issues with health and weight and self-image. Um, where I'm kind of thinking of is if, if, how does a person with ADHD, how does that, 
how do you see it connecting to image, self-image or health or wellness? Do you see a connection? Yeah. So I think for a lot of people with ADHD, we tend to struggle with with self-confidence and self-image generally, right? So we're always, um, I try not to use absolutes like that. We're often struggling to, you know, see ourselves in a good light. Um, and I think that we, we really do feel this pressure that we need to keep up. You know, I mentioned when I was in academia, it was always, I need to work 10 times as hard to be able to keep up with everyone else. And I think there is this kind of element of comparison to a lot of different things. And if in the, the wellness space, I mean, that's right there too, especially when we're on any type of social media platform and there is that comparison, it's very easy to then get into your head, start ruminating on the comparison and start pulling yourself down. Um, especially because the last executive function is impulse control, which is this, I mean, it's really challenging to control those impulses of like continually scrolling or going to the pantry and eating whatever's there, or, you know, all of these things to kind of numb our emotions that come up because they're so big. Um, I think there is this kind of correlation here between, um, wellness and our self image and, and ADHD. I mean, I think that there, there's a connection there. You just for said sure. of course, I'm not saying they're the yeah. same, but there's, yeah, they can you be said impulse control. And I think that could be an entire episode that Kamina and I could really go to, down impulse control episode. Like, mm-hmm. don't you think, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a big one for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know what I really liked about your podcast and I only got a chance to listen to a couple of episodes, but uh, when I was listening to it and I have no formal diagnosis, maybe I have ADHD, I don't know, who knows, but I just felt like it was something that I could relate to, um, regardless of whatever my background was, or my specific, my specific situations, I really, and the episodes I listened to, which I kind of wanted to pick your brain about a little bit, was about overwhelm, um, if you could just briefly talk about what that looks like, and then I want to kind of get into, like, the high-level techniques you sort of talked about, yeah. So I appreciate you saying that it it was something that a lot of people can relate to. And that that is something that I try and do with the podcast is even if you don't have ADHD, we can all use these strategies. The brain right, is not going to be mad if you put in extra supports. It's going to be like, thanks, this is much easier. Yes. Right, right. right. Yes. It's not going to be mad about it. And I think for many of us, we know this feeling of overwhelm, right? It is a very familiar feeling especially I'm not sure if, if your um, audience tends toward primarily women, but I think many women are traditionally yes. dealing with a lot, right? We have a lot mm-hmm. of plates spinning in the air. And when I think about overwhelm, I tend to think about it as um, it's a signal from our brain and our body that we've gone past our capacity. We've, we've overcommitted to something or we've taken on too much, or we've said yes to too many things. And it's our brain and body being like, whoa, whoa, no more. I can't take on anymore. And then it kind of shuts down, right? Mm -hmm. We go, we get into the foggy brain or like the anxiety or the, the tight chest, or like maybe some people get real tired and they just have to like take a nap or whatever. It's our, it's this commute, this beautiful communication 
from the brain and body saying, Hey, we need a break here. And so I think it's this really powerful opportunity for us to tune in and go, Oh, Hey brain, what do you need? Hey body, I see you. What's going on. How can I support you? And checking in with that compassion rather than like, what's my problem? Why can't I just get my act together and get this done? No, let's pause. Isn't that normal? I thought that was normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I tend to think about overwhelm is this, this message to slow down and check in. Wow. I I really like that approach. I think it's very much more compassionate, like you said, than uh, having those high expectations of, I should be able to jump through all the hoops and juggle all the plates at the same time. Yeah. We tend to forget that we're humans and not robots sometimes, which Mm. is annoying. Sometimes I wish I was just a robot, but, um, we're not right. So what are your best tips or strategies that you would recommend for somebody who feels this overwhelmed feeling? Yeah. So at the high level, I tend to think about two different approaches of, or two different ways that we get really overwhelmed. One is when we're really stuck in the details and the minutia. So it's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to plan this birthday party for my kid. And I'm so worried about all these things. And I need to make sure that I get the right color plates that match the thing. And then the, you know, the animal that's coming to visit, like their colors aren't going to match. It's like all we're stuck in the weeds and everything seems really important. And that's one type of overwhelm. Okay. Then we have the other type where we're really stuck in the big picture. And it's like, oh my gosh, I have to move from Massachusetts to Minnesota. How in the world am I going to do this? I don't even know where to start. This is too big. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you're so stuck in the detail or you're so stuck in the big picture and you're thinking, I don't know where to start. I don't know how. Mm -hmm. So I would first say, figure out kind of what type of overwhelm you're feeling. Is it the minutia or is it the big picture? Mm -hmm. And then from there, we want to either zoom in or zoom out to create clarity. So do either of you have, I'm going to put you on the spot. Do either of you have an example of when you've been feeling overwhelmed recently? Leah, I'm thinking, I can't pick up the top of my head. I I can. My parents are moving. Um, I have work stuff happening. My kids are moving. I'm trying to help them. Um, I have house stuff, like the house needs to be taken care of. Friends Mm -hmm. are there, like social commitments. And my my list, I know I shouldn't compare, but it doesn't feel as big as other people's. Mm, Yeah. Okay. When you think about that list, what feels most overwhelming? Um, probably my people moving to different places. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you think about that, is it like, oh my gosh, there's so much, I don't even know where to start. Or is it, but I need to make sure I get all the boxes and the tape and the Sharpies and the labels. What feel like, where do you go first? For me, it's the area of what I cannot control gives me the most anxiety. So if I'm there to help them, I can be in it. But if I can't control it, then it's going to give me like some, some distress. Yep. Okay. So for you in this situation, we're kind of in the big picture of like, I can't control. I don't know what I can control. This is too hard. I don't like, I don't know what I can do. And 
and they're not doing it the way I would. And there's like that part probably for me anyway. You got it. Way to call me out. Know it well. Just know it well. So here, what we'd want to do is we'd want to zoom in. So when we're in the big picture and we're kind of overwhelmed by all the things, we want to zoom in and go, okay, but what matters right now today? So if we think about the people moving, maybe think about one of them. Is there something you need to do today or something you want to do today that would help? The answer might be no, and that can be peaceful too. Mm-hmm. And if there is, it might be like, you know what? I want to send a text and just say, I'm thinking of you. Maybe oh. that would feel really good. Or maybe it's, I send a text and I say, Hey, do you want any help this Saturday? Mm-hmm. Or maybe you drive over and you do some things, but like, what is one thing today that could be helpful in this space? If we took one mm-hmm. step forward. So we kind of zoom in, in that way. Okay. Now, if it was the other way, if you were there and you were overwhelmed and it's like all the boxes and all that, this was me trying to pack to come to Minnesota from Massachusetts, right? I'm like, oh my God, there's all the things and I don't know what to pack. And I did, ah, right. And so then I would remind myself, okay, we got to zoom out. What actually matters? Okay. What matters is that I put things in boxes by this date. (laughs) Those are the two things that matter. So I'm going to zoom out call my nervous system, remind myself that it doesn't matter if I take these pens with me or not. It really doesn't matter. What matters is that I put the things in a box and then get on a truck. Mm-hmm. So the so smaller to zoom in or zoom yeah. out. Yeah. So the smaller data, like the smaller minutia stuff, is that where you really zoom out? And then the yeah. big, so it's kind of like opposite of what, okay. Exactly. So like I was just working with somebody who was getting, um, quite anxious about making sure her kiddos had all their school supplies. Cause already that's like, yeah. even though it's July, I don't know when this episode's going to come out. I might've just dated this, but like, okay. <laughs> you know, even though it's this time and yeah. the school year's starting in a bit, a, a good bit yeah. already, the school supply uh-huh. list is out and people are like, Oh my gosh, but what if I don't get the right glue sticks and I need 14 of these things and da, 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 da. and it's like, okay, but what really matters? Right. What really matters is that the kids enrolled in school, we have the supplies. You can either get it at Target. You can order it from Amazon. You can figure it. You have several weeks to get it. Right. Let's mm-hmm. zoom out and remember what actually matters here instead of the brand of the crayons or whatever. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it takes to practice this to where it becomes part of your process? That's a good question. I think that I think it can, it can take some practice and uh, because I still slip into it when it's something very new. And that might be the thing. If, if you're doing something new, anticipate that probably you're going to feel overwhelmed because the brain has to work extra hard learning new things. So if you just have that in the back of your mind of, oh yeah, probably I'm going to get overwhelmed here. So when I notice I'm overwhelmed, I can turn to these tools, (laughs) right? And just having that as a check-in point. But to actually answer your question, I think that if you are practicing it on a regular basis, I don't even have a timeline, two months. I don't know. I would just be making that up. I have no idea to be totally honest, (laughs) but I think that if, 
with regular practice, it's more like a slow shift, kind of like how, if, if you were going to say, well, how long will it take me to lose X amount of pounds? We could guess. Very true. Very good it, point. Probably. I mean, it'll happen within the year. If you stick with it, for sure, it'll happen within the year. For sure, it'll happen probably within the six months. But I can't tell you if it's all going to fall off in the first six weeks right. or if it's going to happen. Because it depends on how much work you put in. Yeah. That's a yeah. very fair point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I wish I had an answer. Wouldn't that be a nice, like, oh, yes, it will be <laughs> days and seven hours. Yeah. It'd be so nice. What that would be so nice. <laughs> I love the zoom in, zoom out thought. Like, just, it's just, it really resonates with me. Real, you know what I mean? Like, just to go, okay, let's, I like the, vi- I'm a visual. So I'm visualizing yeah. like old school video camera, like going exactly. in, you know? Yeah. In I think about episode, it. she'd use the, uh, the Google map like zooming in. That's the one I like the visual that I got hitting the plus or hitting the negative. I was like, Oh, I know. And you know, the other thing that when I was listening was you zoom in, but you might zoom into only one area of the map. You're not looking at the whole map. So Mm -hmm. I thought that whole analogy was really spot on. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. And that's the same thing with, with the move, right? With, or you have a couple different people moving. Maybe you're zooming in on just one of those moves right? Mm-hmm. And then we zoom in even further and we're like, just this one move with this peep with these people in the living room in this drawer. Oh, <laughs> That's no. where we zoom into, like zoom. you know? Zoom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a good point. Yeah. Wow. So um, now that you have some of these coping skills of managing either the overwhelm or just some of the daily life things, how do you think it helps you navigate some of the challenges you might face with ADHD? Yeah, Mm, that's a really good question. So I'm glad that we looked at the the overwhelm piece today, because I think that this is a a big part for anybody, because Mm -hmm. when we can, when we can build in that pause point Mm -hmm. of, oh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Let me check in here. That's honestly, the secret to the universe of anything, if you can pause and then decide intentionally what's next, that can be so powerful. And do I want to eat the vegetable I prepared ahead right. of time or not? Do I want to stick with Leah, this she really listened. <laughs> I, I did well, listen. I'm really thinking, cause when you said like the whole overwhelm thing, and I just re- related it to like how many times have I been like, oh my God, I just, do I drink my water today? Do I eat my vegetables today? Do I make my protein? Like, what do I do today? And mm-hmm. I think that I need to, I think I need to zoom out actually. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Would it be a zoom outer? I think, yeah, I think you could do both. Okay. Like what I would do for, if we use this as an example. Yeah. The great example. When we zoom out, what actually matters for you with all these things? What matters That's- most? For me, this is me, me personally, for me, I need to, I need to, I need to get my protein. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's what then. Yeah. So we know for you, number one protein of all the things who cares that like, yes, vegetables are great. Yes. It'd be great to get all the water, but we need protein for your muscles. Right. So if that's, what's most important, then we can zoom in. We can like go back in and go, okay, what's the, what can we do to make it really easy to get protein today? Or like how much protein do I need? 
Right. Like going back to the basic. Men get specific how much protein it's, you know, 100 grams, 60 grams, whatever. Yeah. 96 grams. Okay. So then we go, okay. So I've zoomed in now, 96 grams. And one of my favorite questions is, how do I make this easy? Oh, I love that question. How do I make this easy? Why have I never thought to ask myself that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it's such a great open up. Yeah. Like, okay, well, how do I make this easy? Is it like I just cook some of some protein that I actually like on Sundays? Or yeah. is it that I just rely on, on like on protein shakes more? Cause that's so, that is literally easy. Is it, you know, whatever, I don't know, but right. playing around with it. Yeah. How do I make this easy? What a mm-hmm. great, like go to Costco and get a rotisserie chicken period. Done. Yep. See your brain new, your brain. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. Costco done. My easy. brain went like, okay, yeah, that can make it easy to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does that you could do maybe even off? further. Say that again, Kamna. When, when you think about going to Costco and checking off your protein, does it take the, some of the pressure off? Well, I immediately, I'm like, yeah, duh, I'm going there. Now this, if I ask myself, how do I make this easy tomorrow? It's going to look a little bit different, mm-hmm. but every day I'm the same overwhelmed with this. All right. What do I do today to, to get my health checks done? Like every day I feel that way. So I like, like, okay, what do I need to work on today? And if it's protein, go back in. How do I make it easy today? Maybe it's, I just make a bunch of eggs. Like I I really, I like this technique. I guess I'm calling it a technique to ask myself this, like as one of my check-ins, it's going to, we're making it sound like it's five, 10, 15 minutes of a process, but it's not. Right. It's like like 20 seconds, maybe a full minute was, it would be Mm -hmm. all it takes. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. The, The longest part will be kind of realizing you're in the spin of overwhelm. Yes. Like it'll be that part where you're like, oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Yes. Okay, hold on. I mean, that's been, let's pause for a minute. What do I need? Mm-hmm. That's the part that might take a little time. That's the part that's hey. the part that we grow when we catch it. We're like, yes. I'm learning about myself now. I'm catching this mm-hmm. right now. Exactly. The example you had given, um, I want to say it was episode 207. Mm-hmm. I think it, that's what it was, um, was about the woman who was trying to meal plan for her family and there was all kind of limitations and restrictions mm-hmm. and she was spiraling down pinterest and not really ending up with anything and i thought your solution was really very interesting if you wouldn't mind talking about that a little bit yeah so i'm trying to trying to pull it back up but it was something to the effect of sure her one of her kids had allergies. Two of them were real picky. It was, you know, a situation where she, and she was trying to make, she was, you know, basically short order cook for all the things and just could never make anything that everyone was happy with. And so we talked about how do we, how do we make this easy? And we kind of broke it down to, okay, every meal we're going to have at least like, we don't cook with the allergens. We have at least one thing everybody can, everybody will eat. Mm -hmm. Those are our guidelines. And then she would go and find, I think like 10 to 12 recipes that met that. So no Mm -hmm. allergens, some one thing everybody will eat, and then put that on rotation for two weeks and you're done, Mm -hmm. right? Because that leaves room for cereal for dinner or whatever Mm -hmm. and, and leftovers and then you have it, you have plenty of 
options. You have two weeks worth of meals and you can stop thinking about it. I like that example because it was really like simplified and took some of the pressure off that you don't have to have 30 days of meals and they don't need to all be different. And you can have a rotation of things that work mm-hmm. and that's fine. That's perfectly exactly. fine. Yeah. Yeah. How can I, I make this easy? Yeah. How I love how you said, okay, we have to make dinner for all of these different wants and needs. How do we make it easy? Like what a mm-hmm. mind blowing question. <laughs> I yeah. It's the, my other one is how do I make this fun? If I can't make it easy, how do I make it fun? Oh, I like that one too. I do too. I to play with both of those. Yeah. So because it's like, I can't make it any easier. Okay. Well then how do we make it fun? Put on some music or like move outside or do something where it's more enjoyable. Bring someone else in to do it with you, whatever. I love that you admitted that sometimes we can't make it easy. Yeah. Like sometimes I do do feel like there's no way to do, this is just terrible. How do I make this messy, whatever, easy? And I like that you said, okay, if I can't make it easy, the next is fun. Yeah. Right. Or the flip side. What if I I can't make it fun? It's just stupid. Well, then at least can we make it easy? (laughs) Can we make it very true? Less hard. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll help me during homework season the school year. That yes. If it's easy, then let's make it fun, right? Yep. Totally. Yeah. This conversation has been a, a full of mouth dropping moments for me. Like mm-hmm. I'm just just uh, so I have so many light bulbs happening. Even with your podcast, I was like, I I'm getting so many ideas and understanding things. And the way you put it was really very, very eloquent and simple, which I like. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And now I do have one question and I don't know how, if you can even answer this. What if we think we know somebody that's an adult in our life that may have this? How do we, what would you recommend we approach it with them? Yeah. So first of all, (laughs) just huge props to you for asking that. You need to get some armor and protect yourself. I need to yeah, just give them this episode of the podcast, but yeah. But what do I say? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think for, for anybody listening to this, right. Yeah, you, and you're right. doing this right now is learning more about it so that okay. you're kind of understanding the struggle that they're in as well. Um, because I assure you the things that frustrate you about their tendencies, they beat themselves up way more than you have any idea. They're wow. way like, they're like, I assure you, I've beat myself up about this 10 times more than you have, you know, like. So when we, when one can understand a little bit better where, where they're at, it mm-hmm. can open up space for compassion in the discussion of like, okay, okay, well, what's going on here? I know this is really hard for you. That makes sense because of this executive function or this thing. Yeah, that's hard because then you can come from this place of, okay, how do we figure this out together? Like what support can I offer you? Because yeah. it's not that you're deficient in this thing in being a human. No, it just means that we need some scaffolding and I'm totally happy to talk with you about how we build that in. What might that look like? Right. That's so compassionate. That's just like, let's work on this together. It's not like it's your problem and you've got to fix yourself and it's just much more compassionate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think when you are come at to the conversation from a place of curiosity and compassion and a genuine wanting to connect, that's going to, it's going to be received 
so I much. Like that wording there come to yeah. edit curiosity more than anything. Mm-hmm. And to ask, to ask them what might be helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's for somebody who, um, in the ADHD world, we talk about it as neurotypical brains. So I'm a neurodivergent brain. A neurotypical brain is a, a, the, the average brain. So for a neurotypical, it, it might be like, seriously, that's helpful. Why on earth would that be helpful? It's so small and easy, but because those small and easy things are super hard for an ADHD brain, it can be life-changing. Like I am allergic to making phone calls. I hate making phone calls so much because I can't see the other person's face. And that's really hard for me because I'm like really stuck in the uncertainty and the discomfort of that. I get really anxious. And so I'll ask my husband to make the phone calls. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) But for me, it's like life-changing because I don't have to pick up the stupid phone. Um, Right. Just these practical things of, or like, I'm really bad at going to bed on time. I have, we talk about it as revenge bedtime procrastination in the Mm -hmm. 80s. And um, my husband will be like, Paula, it's it's after 10 now, just so you know, you wanted to be going to bed. And I'm like, fine. But he's my alarm clock for that you know? So just asking for that extra support or offering it as the, the neurotypical brain, um, can be so helpful. And sometimes it's not even a month. Like go to bed, (laughs) go to bed. Right. I know, but it's, it's easy for me to say that to somebody like, I don't get why you just don't go to bed. And now I'm hearing you say it's, it's really hard for that. Yeah. It requires so much executive function. Think of all the steps involved in like needing to wash your face and take out your contacts and brush your teeth and do the, like all these steps when all you want to do is go to bed and you have nothing left in the tank because you've used all of your executive function all day long to do all the other things. It's really hard. Thank you for telling me that because I have more Mm -hmm. compassion now. Mm -hmm. It's super hard. I do go to some, there's many people that I'm like, I don't, I just, I can't get it. Like go to bed. Now you made that clear. Like, yeah, it, it, it would be hard. Yeah. Yeah. Paula, you should just know that Lee goes to bed at seven o'clock. I do. So um, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, I'm I wish, wish I, I am in there and I am like, everybody knows it. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That is not me. I definitely <laughs> revenge bedtime procrastination. I love, wait, I want to, I write, I want to write that down. Revenge. Is it a real thing or did you make this up? I did not make it up. It's in, it's in the ADHD space. It's not like something that you'd find in the DSM or right. anything, but it's, it's something that bedtime, bedtime procrastination. I'm going to Google Basically that. Basically it's this, it's this feeling of like, you've been trying to do all the things all day long. And because many ADHD years are working much harder to try and keep up and get all the things done. It's finally the end of the day. And we're like, I just want to do something fun for me. And then we stay up until three or four in the morning doing that thing. We went into the rabbit hole on and then we, because we have no executive function left and we're just doing the things we're just lit up from it. Yeah. You are so fascinating to talk to. I mean, I could spend so much more time talking and talking about this. Yeah. Love to come and on you're, again. You're, you're so knowledgeable. You're so, you yes. know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing uh, where people can find you? Yeah. Yeah. So if they want to learn more, they can check out the podcast. It's called I'm Busy Being Awesome and it's on all the podcast platforms. And my website's I'm Busy Being Awesome.com. 
I'm at I'm busy being awesome on Instagram. So yeah, I follow you oh, on there. Okay. Find me everywhere. I'm, I'm busy, busy being, awesome. being awesome. I love that name, by the way. Great name. Great. <laughs> Thank you. So. Thank you. So Instagram, it's I also I am busy being awesome. And yep, are I, you on? Not I am, but like I am. I am. <laughs> I am busy being, but not. Oh, okay, I am. got it, got it. Like got with it. the contraction, I apostrophe yep. M, but there's not actually an apostrophe. <laughs> got it. Awesome. And we will um, put in the show notes your goal pyramid and some of the other um, things yeah. I was listening Perfect. to for everybody to follow you and just thank you so much. So, so much. Of course. Yeah. And for anybody, feel free to reach out. I'd love to connect. Let me know where you're at. I'd love to hear about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun. Thanks for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Or you can share the podcast with your friends and tag us. On Insta, you can find us at Health Coach Kamna and WW Chick Leah. Or on Facebook, you can find us at Leah's WW and Health Coach Kamna.